Today on the Creative Collective Podcast, we have Allie and Cassie. They are a dynamic duo with a wealth of experience in entrepreneurship and creative leadership. Allie, a seasoned small business owner, is devoted to empowering entrepreneurs through strategic brand development and cohesive online presence. Her tailored approach stems from personal connections with clients, ensuring their success. Complementing Allie's expertise, Cassie boasts over a decade of professional management, in addition to brand photography and business development experience. Her prowess in crafting business growth strategies is coupled with a talent for capturing evocative visuals that narrate compelling stories. Both passionate mentors and creative strategists, Allie and Cassie collaborate seamlessly to craft memorable and impactful experiences for their clients. Well, we are so thrilled to have you on the Creative Collective podcast and wondering for our first question here, can you tell us how did you both meet and what brought you together? So it's kind of a fun story. Allie and I were both military spouses. Her husband's in the reserves now, mine's still active duty, but whenever we met, we'd actually lived in another duty station at the same time, but we didn't know each other then at all. And then we joined a business course together and it was photography centered and it was a huge, a a group of like nationwide people. And we collectively got together because we were locals. And then it ended up that we were both military spouses. So then it was like, okay, we should be like accountability partners. And it, it just, it kept feeding, feeding itself of all of these like common interests and things like that. But we were, like I said, we, it was really cool to find out that we'd actually been in the same place. So we knew a lot of the same places and even some of the same people, even before we knew each other. That's amazing. I mean, obviously not just have the commonality there and, you know, what you did in business ventures, but then to have that personal connection too. I'm sure that really draw, drew you both together, especially I, I can only imagine what it's like to have a spouse in the military. So I, yeah, I can it, only just imagine what, what immense support that is for you both. And whenever we're also both in the very similar season of life with our kids around the same ages. So having somebody that is like, we move every like two to three years. So, you know, moving so much, trying to start and grow a business and raise your kids when your husband is gone the majority of the time, it was really nice to just have somebody to lean in. Like even we text like 90% of our communication is text messages, but it's like we put on, I typically didn't like to have the like read, you know, or it says like read when the message is read. But with Ali and I, it works really well because we both know that we're in a crazy season. So we're like, okay, she saw it. She'll get back to me as soon as she can. So it's been our like check-in with each other. So we both leave that on, on our text messages. You see, it- she and my husband are the only two that have that. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a, it's just a nice little note to be like, okay, like we're good here. We can, we can keep trucking until we hear from the other one. And I think like most really good friendships start, we didn't know that we liked each other at first. It was kind of like, I'm a little bit apprehensive about this person. And it ended up that we were both feeling the same way. And then we started to talk more and more and more and found the commonalities that Cassie mentioned. And we were like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I do like this woman. <laughs> yeah. Cause we, when we first met, it was like in, like I said, that group of business people. So it was like, 
do I like her or like, do I not because of that other person <laughs> or like those other people? So it was, you know, like when you're meeting new friends anyways, you're like swimming through the like awkwardness of making friends after adulthood. <laughs> so. Totally. 100%. Like <laughs> I hear you all the way through. It's Thanks. funny because Jen and I, we text like 90% mm -hmm. of our communication also and since starting the podcast, I see her more than I ever have before, <laughs> but I have read receipts on for Jen for the same reason. Oh my gosh. Because... That's hilarious. I need <laughs> because... to turn mine on <laughs> because I, I don't have them on for like anyone else, but I'm like, just, I want her to know, like I saw it and like, I'll check back in, like, you know, because life is always happening and we're, right. you know, always doing multiple things, but that's kind of fun to know that like, you know, yeah. that connection happens in such a way. So I'm curious here. I've actually never heard this term before, but like, what is an entrepreneurial echo chamber? I'll take this one. Okay. This is, I don't, I don't know that I like, coin the term I don't it's not really coined no one else says it but <laughs> basically it's operating within your own mind like any idea that we have right it, it sounds like a good idea when it's inside of our own head but like once it is formed and it comes out into the world like is it actually a good idea? And so often we work in like a, on an island of isolation as entrepreneurs especially if we have online businesses and so, my own business, my personal brand, Ali Ray Haney, I'm a brand developer. So I work with a lot of small business owners and a lot of those small business owners, they, they have ideas and they run with them, but they don't check them with other people first. So to make this make a little bit more sense, let me give you an example. I was working with a wedding planner. She did weddings and events and she was like, I think I need to split up my Instagram. I need to create a new Instagram page for weddings only and then do all of my other events like bridal showers, baby showers, birthday parties, quinceañeras, all of that. I'm going to do that on a separate Instagram. And I was like, okay, that's an idea. Why? And she's like, well, I think brides only want to see weddings. They don't want to see all that other stuff. And I'm like, okay. Who told you that? Is that something that is that an idea that's in your own head? Or is that something that you've actually collected data on? Because if it's something that's in your own head, we need to make sure that that's right before we create twice the amount of work for you. But she was op operating in that entrepreneurial echo chamber of this is the idea that I have. This is the perception that I have without actually pushing past that perception and testing it. And I, I don't even think that the echo chamber is necessarily just, it, it's not only in your own mind, but you also, when you're in the industry, whatever industry that might be, a lot of your peers are in the, seeing the same problems, experiencing the same things. So when you're talking to each other, everything sounds like a good idea because you're all, you know, you're not the consumer. So you're like, oh, this makes the most sense. So it's also like stepping outside of your own industry to have people who like don't understand what you do and they don't understand, they, they might want to consume it. They might be a customer or at least have like a general basis and you can run ideas by them. And Allie and I have both had the most success whenever people come to us and, or we come to them and we're like, oh, we're going to do this. And then they're like, 
wait, have you thought about that? Have you thought about that? And it's things that totally outside of the industry, totally removed, but oftentimes are really good ideas because they they see it from a lens that we can no longer see it when we're like knee deep in in growing the business. That's so fascinating. I feel like as you were talking through that, I was like, okay, how much am I actually in my head? And <laughs> what a dis actually what a disservice I'm doing myself by keeping all of that in. And what if I could just bounce it off of somebody else? Could I possibly free up some space from my mind, from my plate, from like what I've got going on? I I'm just like very struck by this, by this term. So that said, what steps do you feel like entrepreneurs can take to break out of that echo chamber and expose themselves to different perspectives? Well, one of the things that Ali and I have always done and you know really met on the foundation of was just joining entrepreneurial groups and building a community that didn't look like us. We both were a part of the Rising Tide Society. That's Natalie Frank's community that she built. I ran one of the chapters back in Northern Virginia when we lived there and I participated in it in California. And even though a lot of times it might be like industry specific, I was meeting people who were like graphic designers versus photographers versus, you know, virtual assistants, you know, all the things. And then that led me down a path to seek out more opportunities for that. And she and I were both also a part of Bunker Labs, which is specifically for military veterans and their spouses. And it's a creative entrepreneur, not creative entrepreneur, just an entrepreneurial group that's really based. The foundation is on networking, but it was so awesome. So like once a month, we were getting together in person for my chapter. And it was people from like Fortune 500 companies that were that all the way down to like the person that just had the concept, like they hadn't even gone full blown yet. And just hearing the people who have like stood up in front of like, you know, shark tank type people and gotten all of these accolades and know, like hear their perspective on what I'm doing. And honestly, like even get like validation in what I'm doing was really fruitful, kind of gives you the juice to keep going. And so I think that the echo chamber echo chamber, as we're calling it, can oftentimes lead to like burnout and discouragement and all of these things. Having a community that's like, no, I see what you're doing. I think we just need to tweak it a bit. Like I see what we're doing or like, yeah, that's a bad idea. Like, you know, all of the things and just running things by, by others, like building that community is super important. And I think to kind of piggyback off of what Cassie said in our Bunker Labs experience, like we both went through major pivots after the last move that we both went through. So, and that was in 2021, right, Cassie? Yeah. <laughs> and so when we joined Bunker Labs, we were like, we are at this crossroads and we don't know exactly where we're going. And this ha was happening, si happening simultaneously in both of our businesses. And having someone unbiased that doesn't know you like on the deepest levels, but are still like in your corner and rooting for you to stay like to, for them to seek out and point out your strengths is incredible. And that's how we kind of both found our next step in our businesses was through those community, that community in bunker labs. So like, I lo I'm loving 
this concept <laughs> and having that community. Like I, on paper, like I will say, I know and understand why it's important. I can have these conversations like over and over again. I personally have found it challenging to find community of people who have your best interest in mind. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's challenging, right? When you've been through and, and experienced the opposite. And I, I, in the midst of that 2021 move, I experienced the same thing. The rising tide chapter in California, like wasn't vibrant there. They weren't, they had, they had been really, really good. And then COVID kind of, you know, shut everything down and it never rebuilt after. Um, and I sought out everybody that I could find. I, I like thrive. I can't, I'm not a loner. Like <laughs> I've got to have like people around me. And I experienced that same thing that you're describing, which is like, are we like working together or are you just like trying to get Intel to like make your business better while shutting mine down? You know, there's a lot of, you know, the whole thing with rising tide and I, listen, I'm not like rising tide is amazing, but then that's where like I found my foundation and her whole tagline is like community over competition. Like we can all ride the wave together. And I think that my best advice is to just fight through it. There is, there's always going to be, even in like the best networking group, there's going to be somebody that you're like, like whatever. And I mean, there were times when you have to lean, like I leaned into that, like, okay, like if, if we really are as similar as like things are starting to look like we are, let's, let's talk to each other about it. And like, let's see how we can help because a lot of that's like just out of like they're floundering too. And if I, I'm a, do you guys know Enneagram stuff? So yes, yeah. <laughs> so I'm an Enneagram too. So for me, it's always like whenever I, you know, you start to feel insecure, you start to be frustrated when you find those scenarios that aren't working for you. But if you lean into like who you are as a person and like stay true to that, I think it's okay to like let them. Like, what are they saying? Like the the best form of flattery, like mm-hmm. whatever. So just like let them be them. Like, but keep fighting through because for every one of those, there's five people who are awesome. And there's five people who are willing to like ride the entrepreneurial experience like with you. So push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Also just know what you're looking for. I think that that's, sorry, Alia, this is like a super long-winded response. I know you probably have a lot to say, but I think that when you go in just with like a general of like, oh, I want community it can be easy to end up in like a social group, right? But if you're looking to like grow your business, make sure that you're looking for groups that are centered around growing your business. Like it's not, because all you're going to do is like let yourself down if you don't specifically identify like what it is you're looking for out of a group like that. And I'm going to continue on that wave is I think a lot of the fear is surrounded by competition. And that's why I think Bunker Labs was so great for both me and Cassie was because we weren't competing with one another. We weren't looking for the same clients. We weren't running the same businesses. Like in my cohort, I had a gentleman who had developed a aggregate betting, sports betting and fantasy football app, someone who was a cyber IT guy, and then someone who was running a nonprofit for veterans and a life coach, and then a photographer. And I was expressing a lot of discontent around 
that, you know, moving and lifestyle and all of that and having to like rebuild my clientele every single time we got to a new duty station. And although we are civilians now, we may be facing another move in our near future. And I was just like, you know, so exhausted by that thought. And they were like, why are you still a photographer then? I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, because I never knew like I could do anything else. And they were like, actually, everything that you've brought to this group shows how strong you are at developing brands. You should be a brand developer. And I was like, what? You're right. I could do that from anywhere. And it was just because I was operating inside my own head so much, I didn't see, you know, the forest for the trees. And so when you're not competing for the same clients or you don't feel like you're competing for the same clients, I think that that sense of community is so much easier to develop. And whenever I joined Bunker Labs as well, like she said, it was like so diverse and you were just in a space where you could like talk through, like we always had somebody who would come in and like, okay, your day is to talk about, it's your day to talk about what you do and your pain points and things. And your own characteristics that you just feel like are so normal and just like, oh, it's just what I do. People who are outside of your bubble are like, no, normal people don't do that. (laughs) These are actually things that you're really good at and actually things that you could capitalize on. Like you should switch your focus here. Like it really is like such a eye-opening experience to join a group like that. That's like so outside of your own network, like your own immediate network. It's super fruitful and just really energizing. Honestly, I really looked forward through to all of those meetings. I, I still stay in touch and I knew I was in a different type of group. Allie and I are both wedding photographers. That's when, that's how we met. And so all the groups that we had been in had been heavily photography focused. And so everything was like a Facebook group or like your Instagram handle. And I walked into Bunker Labs and they were like, please share your LinkedIn. And I was like, oh, things are different around here. Like we're, we're getting professional up in here. Like I hadn't looked at my LinkedIn in 10 years. And then I was like, oh, okay. So I'm like revamping my LinkedIn and like doing all these things and realizing that like, it's not dead. (laughs) Just like things like that were just so eye-opening and so refreshing by the, by the end of it. Yeah. That's so fascinating. I actually, yeah. Interesting. If I were to actually like link my LinkedIn to, to what I do. Well, I mean, what I do now is completely different than my previous career experience because I have career experience in human resources. So yeah, it's, I don't know. It's fascinating to think about that in that kind of way, not just here's my Instagram handle and you can follow me day to day, but Here's my LinkedIn. Do you want to know what I've been doing for the past 10 years and the skills that I've developed along the way? That's that's just so that's just absolutely fascinating. So as far as, you know, like you said, like finding your community, being a part of not just one community, but maybe perhaps different communities, how do you adapt to the changes and challenges in the entrepreneurial landscape? knowing that you do have this community on your side to lean on? What does that kind of process look like as you're kind of navigating all of that? So I'll give like a very recent example. And Cassie is like my my community that's mostly like in my face. So in a good way. (laughs) And so there was a conversation that we had. I want to say it was probably back in the spring. I'm going to say about March. And it was right when ChatGPT was like taking off. 
And much like you, Jen, my background is not in business. My background is not in photography. Like I went to school to be a teacher, right? An English teacher at that. So I'm like anti-chat GPT. I'm like, absolutely not. This is just plagiarism. There's no way that this can be effective. It's not good for the world. And Cassie's like, let me let me play devil's advocate for a second. And I'm going to show you all these different ways that we can use chat GPT for our own personal businesses, for the escape conference, all this. So it, I'm just using that one small example of how like I was operating in that echo chamber and I needed that community to to pull me back out to be able to adapt a new technology that was going to be able to help my business that I would have drugged my heels otherwise in order to to actually use it, utilize it. Yeah, that Kelly and I, we talk about chat GPT quite a bit. And she's definitely more so the technical AI expert. She has so much knowledge on well, she's giving air quotes of expert right now, but <laughs> she is. <laughs> Here's the thing. Did you know, did you know that chat GPT just turned one? I actually oh. did that. I'm so out of the two of us, I'm the one that's like, I'm you and I Isn't are, that they are crazy <laughs> though, because like, I feel like it's only been in the last probably like, I don't know, six to eight months that like, it's really been. So this is at the forefront, right? This is, I know, I don't know why we're, I I guess like Bunker Labs is just like really ingrained tonight because I actually adapted to it a lot quicker because one of the guys in my cohort developed the AI for Google and he was like hiring all these people to like generate chat GPT. And he was he got this like huge contract and it was, and then he decided he wanted to write a book or something. So that's why he was in the bunker labs, like his background. So we had a lot of discussions about AI at the time. And then I found out that there was another girl, I'm a virtual assistant and kind of back in, I call myself a fractional VP of operations. So I, I do a lot of back end business stuff. And there was a virtual assistant that was in my cohort with me and she like writes it into her contracts for that she can use chat GPT to like write the content for her accounts. And this was, this was like December of last year. Like it was early and she was already writing into her contracts and I didn't even know what it was. Like, it was like the craziest thing ever. So it, that's the only, like I was a little bit ahead, although I didn't adapt it as quickly as that. And people were talking about it like very early on last year and it was blowing my mind and I was like blowing Allie's phone up like you have to hear about this (laughs) but how often are we just like so nose down in our business that Mm -hmm. I am I am like a systems person where I I work like clockwork right every week I do this every month I do this and I don't change it up except for maybe once a year when I go and like revisit all of my systems and stuff but that community, having somebody there that's going to like bring you up for air to be like, okay, yes, this is something new that we might need to like look into and experience. That is invaluable. I think a good example of that, like I am the one that's like, let's try this new thing. I have no system. Like I can push systems out for everybody. But like for me, I'm like, I want to try all the things. Allie's like, I, she, I actually texted her earlier this week and I was like, 
I ordered power sheets and my planner already. You'll be so proud of me. (laughs) So I make her try new things and she like reels me in and is like, okay, girl, get your shit together. (laughs) That's amazing. Like I have done power sheets for years and like I have never heard someone just say casually power sheets. I'm like, I love this. So like this, I don't even know what are power sheets. Oh my gosh, Allie, you have to, let's pass my mind. My mind is blown right now. I'm like, wait, what? So I was introduced to power sheets in like 2016, 2017, and I've used them every year since. And I keep them as like a collection to like watch my life grow. So basically what it is, is it helps you define and like distill what your big goals are. And that's where you kind of start out at this like macro level. And then you break those goals down into smaller, more tangible, more manageable milestones over each month. So you can, if you're looking to like hammer away at, I don't, let me just pull something out of my head, student debt, right? I want to like bring my student debt down by X amount. And this is by the end of the year, then I have to do this X each month in order to get hit that goal. Or if you want to create a daily habit, I want to drink more water. You can literally like write that in your power sheets and like tally it day by day. I see Kelly like pulling hers out. So I just found, I just found my power sheets from 2017. So Kelly pulls um, out the receipts here. (laughs) Yeah. We literally, so we, the beginning of the year last year had a little retreat, just Allie and I to plan the year. And I show up with like a planner, like it's blank on the inside. Like I'm just like, I have arrived. And Allie shows up and she has like a binder from the last 10 years of all the planners and like all the planning sheets that she had. And in the corners, she had like these numbers. And I was like, what are those numbers? She was like, oh, that's how old each kid will be by. So I'm like basing it like the kids ages and like what I could accomplish that year. And I was like, oh, this is your expertise. Like you're going to need to help me with this. Like, I don't know. I don't even know. Wait, I love this so much. (laughs) This is amazing. Yes, power sheets are a necessity. Jen. And then we did so, so we did the power sheets to cultivate what matters, right? That's the website. Mm-hmm. And then then the simplified planner is what I went with this year for. So I, I'm combining the power sheets with the simplified planner because of my retreat last year with Allie by ourselves. <laughs> is so this gonna be like, like, are you gonna be like inviting us to this retreat? Because I'm feeling like I'm oh, gonna need to be in on this. Perfect. Segue, to be honest, I don't think that you could have ever like led into that any better. I have to give props where props are due. <laughs> what came from that that little retreat, just the two of us, is that we went home like looking for a conference that we wanted to go. Like we were in the growth stage and we were like, we'd both done conferences that were like full of fluff and like just didn't like we left, like we spent all this money and nothing happened. And then it was just we agonized over finding the right conference for us and we couldn't find it. So we were both in our kitchens and texting with our read receipts on. And (laughs) I said, are we going to do this? And she said, I think we're going to do this. So we planned our own conference. So you can come join us for this year's and it's called the escape conference. The tagline is escape the blank and you fill in the blank. So escape the hustle, escape the to-do list, escape the fluff, like whatever you in your business need to escape, like we're going to fill that void. Something that was really important to us was to have heavy hitting education. You know, there's all these things for people making six figures. There's all these things for people starting out. And then we get kind of lost in the middle 
when you're trying to grow, but you're not quite sure how. So we've brought on some really great educators. And as moms and as solopreneurs, we were also decision fatigued out. So the conference is also all-inclusive. So as soon as you buy your conference ticket, all you have to do is show up and we take care of everything. So once you make your way, you're you're there and you're in it. The speakers are staying where you are. So you don't just get that like concentrated one hour with them. They're going to be at the cocktail hours. They're going to be at the networking events. So you'll have opportunities to continue that conversation. And we're not talking about like how to avoid burnout. Like, listen, like there's a little bit of burnout, right? It's like really easy for somebody who's making millions of dollars to tell you how to avoid burnout. But when you're growing, you kind of have to dig into it a little bit. So we're talking about like how to file your taxes, how to plan for retirement, like how to how to hire, like grow a team, you know, whatever. We're just like looking at things that are really how to integrate AI, like things that weren't available to us when we started and they're available now and how do you utilize them the best? I think that sounds amazing. And here's the thing. I agree completely when it comes to conferences and events. I feel like I have been to several and just kind of like end up wanting more but then like it's like but what like but because I always go to any event I go to right with like this open mind like I don't ever go into like a space going I already know everything like that would be a terrible approach so I always am open to receive right but I think there is this point that we reach as business owners where we become like maybe a little bit saturated with information. And we're like just at the point where we just need to like put it into action. (laughs) But then also have like kind of what we've been talking a lot about is like the, the community, but like the sense of like no shit accountability kind of thing like just that feeling of you're not alone because i think the challenge i face which which i think we've mentioned already is just that feeling of of being alone like day to day and overcoming that what what do you guys think is like the main thing that entrepreneurs can do and if if they feel like they're in that headspace. Uh, just to like heart back on that community. And it, even if it's one person that you have and just really put yourself out there again. So like lean in on the small community that you do have, even if it feels like you're alone, there is somebody, whether it's a significant other, a parent, a best friend, you know, whoever it is, just I mean, I over I'm an overshare, like by like everybody knows everything about me, but it's because like if not, like I don't internalize things very well. I feel very lonely. It feels very isolating. So <laughs> my friends know everything about me because whether it's like what I ate for lunch or like how I plan to grow my business. Like I'm just like, and here's what's happening. And then with that little bit of security that you have, put yourself out there and do something that you don't think that you like really, you're like, oh, this is totally outside of my comfort zone. Like, will this be fruitful? Will this, you know, take that chance? Because for every 
you know, there's going to be one, like we talked about earlier, there's going to be one person that you're like, like they're annoying, but there's also probably like five others that are really great. And that network and that like web is just going to keep your gears turning. Like Allie and I work really well together in the way that like, typically if she's feeling burnout, I'm feeling energized. So I can like pick up or I can like help her not feel like talk her through that and vice versa. Like if I need to tap out, she's the first person to be like, what can I take off your plate? Or the first person to say like, I, I don't actually think that like the stressor that you're blaming on like your business is necessarily your business's fault. Like, I think you have some like family shit going on. So like, let's like reevaluate. And I do the same for her. Um, I was like ready to like walk away from my business like last weekend. And she texted me and she was like, but look at this great thing happening. And I was like, I want to do this business forever. (laughs) So I think that if you have just these people that you can rely on and you have to take chances in that, like to find those people, you have to be willing to be in like an awkward social situation. Like I have for every like one success story of building my community, I've been in five awkward social situations. Like it's, I, I do something because we move so much. I've just always been the person I sign up for everything. Like when we move up to a new city, I sign up for every group. I go to all the things. And by the end of that, like that's not sustainable. But by the end of it, I found like a handful of people that I can really rely on. Or I found like a community that I really love to be a part of. And you just dwindle down. Like try try a lot of things, but never feel guilty if they're not, if they're not working. Like give yourself the grace to walk away too. But just define what you're looking for and then try. Like just and keep trying. One of the things that comes to mind is that... Okay, so I like power sheets so much because it takes something big and boils it down to small things. So. I think like right now we're speaking from a very well-developed relationship between me and Cassie. It even that the relationship was so good that it birthed a new business, but that relationship didn't start at the end stages. Right. So just take that 30 seconds of like, I'm going to do this. Like it takes 30 seconds to make that decision to speak to somebody. And I think that taking that one small step it can make a a giant difference just like it did for me and Cassie and Kelly and Jen for you too. The other thing that I want to put out here is that one of the values for the escape conference is service. And every decision that we make is through a lens of how is this going to serve the people that we need to need and want to serve. And a lot of the connections that we've been making through planning the conference have come from that like very genuine heart of service and that's something that that we've done like in order to make this conference happen you know is to you know barter services or how can i help you so that you can help me those types of things and i think that that is the very beginning of the start to the community that escape conference is going to bring and that's you know just what we're so excited about and our other sorry just to talk about our value we you guys like the the foundation of this conference was there were more months spent on the foundation than there have been on the planning of the actual event itself. Like we really tried to do this right. And I think what we did take the time to do it right. Um, another one of our values is respect. And we we went back and forth on like what our values were meant to be. And we just wanted to like respect everybody where they are because that's the community that we want to build. Like we want to like respect the mom, respect the person who's like killing it. Like we just wanted to meet you where you were, but still 
give you value. Like we, we wanted that to feel impactful and we didn't want to make you feel like you weren't part of the in crowd. That's, that's been really important to us that. So if you're like a a woman in the growth stage, like no matter what's happening in your life, there's a place for you at the table. That was really important for us because that was something that we felt like didn't exist for us when we were looking for it for ourselves. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I think it sounds incredible. And I'm like, I know I just met you guys, but I'm like extremely, I feel like this ex- extremely proud of, of you both for, no, I really do. For like, I know the challenge pushing something into the world that is meant to be there and the the resistance that we face in making it come about so you know it's like resistance comes in so many forms right but i think just when things are you know meant to be in the world and we work hard to get them there i just think it's like this beautiful thing and so that's why i just feel like this you know extreme like pride for especially women entrepreneurs because you're my people and i think we as moms to as you know in our life stages that there's so much we have to overcome to show up every day and be who we are to so many people so you know for that just like thank you for creating and for being who you are and for wanting to come alongside and support so many others uh, with what you've learned along your path so as we close and our listeners go about their day what's one small action or mindset shift you would encourage them to try based on our discussion i'm going to say take that 30 seconds Yes, it's 30 seconds of bravery and push through that awkwardness, push through that discomfort because you don't know what's lying on the other side of that 30 seconds. Love it. I, I concur. And I, I, sorry, I have to say just thank you for all of those kind things that you just said because it, it hasn't been easy. I will be completely forthcoming in that. Like we are both in very, very crazy seasons of our lives. We, you know, Allie, took a huge risk in her business and is now battling with like the state of Kentucky, it feels like. And that's been discouraging. I recently was diagnosed with cancer. So I'm like dealing with that personally. And we just know that this is meant to be here for a reason. And we, every time that one of us feels down and out about it, we, I've been calling them God winks and I, I don't like, I'm not like trying to be on like a religious platform, but it, there has been some things that have happened that you're just like, like we're, we're supposed to be doing this. Like every time we're like, oh, this is just so hard. Like someone like you comes along and tells us like how proud you are of us. I'm like, okay, I'll keep going. <laughs> but it, it's been keep like, going. it's been great. So I appreciate it. Like we know, we know that this is going to be awesome. We've worked really hard to ensure that that's going to happen. And yeah, it's uh, those tangible things that you you talked about wanting, like we've carved out time to actually implement while you're there. Like we, we, we hear you, we are you. So we, we want to be there in it too. Like I'm going to have my notebook just like everybody else. Like, 
you know, that's we're we're all in it. We're all in it for sure. Amazing. Well, thank you guys for being here and for your contribution to this space. We're so grateful for you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join Jen and I on this episode of the Creative Collective Podcast. We hope that you learned something new today and would really encourage you to take the time to reflect on what you learned today and just jot it down. Uh, This is the best part about listening to podcasts and new content is that we get to learn new things. And we are just super excited for 2024 and grateful that you've joined us on this journey and so many exciting things are to come. We would encourage you to join our community on Facebook, Creative Collective Community. Uh, Go ahead and join and uh, we invite you in to join the conversation about being a creative and what it looks like to show up authentically in this world. Uh, We can't wait to join you next time.